For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 265 of Balloon Knots and Brewskies. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we're back for another week talking about balloon knots. D exploring the depths of balloon knots. And enjoying tasty cold brewskies. So first off, I want to give a shout out to all our... Uh, balloon knotters out there and I want to crack a brewski that wasn't a sound effect that was the real thing that was a real diet soda <coughs> so we're one week into our official rebranding you know figure come in <laughs> strong you liked it so much. <laughs> we renamed the show. Not really. Just we have fun here. Uh, how you been, buddy? I've been all right. I've been hanging in there. Yeah, I hear you. Sleeping as much as possible, which is a hard thing to do, but it's. I bet. It goes. I bet, my man, trying to uh, to snuggle away, smuggle away some some naps here and there. I guess. That's right. Between the, uh, you know, like, you know, just getting everything done. The mm -hmm. dishes, the laundry, on top of the baby, you know, the meals. And How's then some? sleeping in there somewhere. You know, it's just, it's a lot. How's my dude Liam reacting to being a big brother? You know, he's got the abuela here at the minute. His grandma's here, and it's nice. Like, it's really nice. He's got her 100% attention. Which may be an issue when she goes home, but right. it's it's a I feel like it's a decent transition into having a sibling because a lot of my attention goes to her. It just has to at the moment. Right, right. I gotcha. Well, I'm glad to hear everything is uh, going well. You know, besides a yeah, little bit of a, lack of sleep. All in all, yeah. I mean, that's expected. That's part of the game. <clears throat> you know, it's just. Uh, I'm blessed. You know, everything is going well. Everything's going really well. 
just keeping my nose to the grindstone pretty much. So this week, I thought we were going to have like something really big to talk about. And like, I was super excited. Super timely. Like I thought we were going to be able to talk about something and then immediately post the show, which isn't always something we get to do. I've been excited all yesterday and today and well, needless to say, it didn't turn out to be the case. It's only a matter of time, I'm sure, but yeah, I was looking forward to it, but we'll get into that. Uh, Before we jump into the news and stuff for this week, uh, which there's not a ton of, unfortunately, uh, let me give you guys a little business. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We have a Twitter, a Twitch, and an Instagram, which you can follow at blueharvestpod. And if you want to go the extra mile, if you enjoy these shenanigans so much that you want to support us, you can check out our Patreon page. And... uh, We have several tiers set up, but the lowest tier at $3 a month gets you access to our exclusive podcast feed that contains all our bonus shows. Shows like Oh No, It's All Solo, Cooking with Will, Jaws, Star Wars Year by Podcast, um, Blue Harvest Adventures, Podula Rasa, Masters of Harvest Kasi, so many different bonus shows. Uh, in fact, we just put up a episode discussing Ghost of Tsushima. So if you're interested nice. in that, that's up there now. But anyways, like I said, if you want to support us, and we certainly appreciate it if you do, check out patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. And a big shout out and thanks to our patrons. You guys are the best. <clears throat> um, so I guess we'll get the week's disappointment out of the way. First, well, the fact that what? Well, so for the past couple of weeks, it's been a lot of chatter online about the release of a trailer for season two of The Mandalorian. Right. We know it's coming, you know, figuratively any day now, right? Like, um, The show is only a couple of months away at most, and it's getting to the point where they're going to want to start promoting it. Well, this week, the big rumor, the one that seemingly seemed to uh, be pretty solid, was that the trailer would be coming this evening, Thursday, August 20th, during the NBA Finals. Okay. Okay. Um, and as of, uh, you know, this morning and this afternoon, I was still under the assumption that's was the case. I was telling anybody that listened to me about it, told, told Steve, he was like, Oh, that's cool. Uh, Michael Myers is behind you. Watch out. Um, I sent you a text or sent our buddy Bryce a text, like just telling folks like, Oh shit, Mandalorian season two trailer coming today was super excited because you know if that was the case we would probably be recording not very long after uh it aired and then i would be able to post the show a little early and just you know go ahead and get it out there 
Right. Well, as the day wore on, it started to become more and more likely that that wasn't going to happen. You know, it's it never seems to be the case that they just surprise drop a, ta- a trailer on TV. There's typically some sort of social media tease or announcement that the trailer is going to be coming, you know, during this event. And right. as the day wore on, wore on, there was nothing from StarWars.com. And then they, you know, they have that YouTube show, This Week in Star Wars. Um, and that came out without any inform- in, uh, mention of it. So at that point, you got to imagine, like, if they're not mentioning it on the official Star Wars news show, then it ain't right. happening today. And that appears to be the case even still. Like, I mean, there's... It's highly doubtful it's going to be dropping at 10.30 Central, so. Yeah, it's pretty late for that, right? <clears throat> yeah, no Mandalorian Season 2 trailer today, which is a bummer. You think it's probably Friday is the disappointing thing? Oh, dude, if it's tomorrow, big time bummed for me. Like if it did happen this week, but it happens on the Friday? Yeah, that would be a bummer because, you know, we would have just recorded. Not that it's a huge deal, but like. You know, I was just looking forward to getting getting ahead of the ball for once, getting right. out there. Um, you know, the most likely scenario would probably be next week for it coming out because next week would have been Celebration. Star Wars Celebration, right? Yes. And there's no doubt that they would have debuted something for Mandalorian season two there. So, um, you got to imagine that even though the convention's not happening, the whole marketing machine and all of that kind of stuff is following a similar path. Um, it was already on trajectory for that. Right. So if I had to guess, it'll be sometime next week. Maybe it'll even be next Thursday. Maybe some wires got crossed in the reporting on this and, they got the Thursday wrong, you know? It'll still be pretty cool if that does happen. Yeah, so. and you know what I didn't even think of today during my excitement was like, oh, a trailer probably also means we get a firm release date for season two. Like, you have to imagine that that would be part of a season two trailer with it yeah. only being a couple of months away. Um, but I guess we'll see. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you, so if you remember the trailers for season one of the Mandalorian, yes, they really seemed more about setting the tone and the look of the show, giving us a glimpse of that more so than the overall story. You know, I just remember Werner Herzog being the big (coughs) voiceover. Yeah, I mean, it, he was the big kind of, I don't know, he was the atmosphere. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like him in that cantina and the the pitch basically was captivating as hell. And like everything centered around that. And you got little peppers of action here and there. But yeah, and so you had no idea that the bounty would be a child. No, and, and, and that's what I was going to get to. Obviously, a big reason for the way they marketed season two was they were keeping baby Yoda a secret, right? Right. So <clears throat> my question is now that baby Yoda's out of the bag, what's the season two trailer look like? 
you know? Do we get some sort of sense of where the story takes Mando and Baby Yoda next? Because we kind of already have a feeling for the show. We know what the tone is. They don't have to bother setting that in a trailer. You know, right. you have to imagine that there will be some differences between season one and two, but overall, tone-wise, very similar, right? Yeah. Um. So that leads the question, like, I'm sure we get a look at Baby Yoda, of course. I mean, he's a smash hit. You don't promote season two of The Mandalorian without featuring some Baby Yoda, right? Yeah. So that's one thing. But past that, what do they feature? Like, there's been so many rumors out there and, you know, stories and things about all these fucking characters supposedly featured in season two of The Mandalorian. Do we get any hints of that? Do we get a hint at live action Ahsoka? Do we get a hint at Bo Katan? Do we get a hint at Boba Fett or Cobb Vanth? You know? Yeah. And I, I really wonder because they played things so close to the chest last time, it kind of makes would, me think we don't. That's what I was going to say. It would make me think that they would follow suit. They would try to have some, because that's part of what made it so talked about, I feel like, were the secrets and the reveals. You know, they were kind of surprised that some of those things stayed a secret. So if you can pull off another one of those, that element of it will be a big hit. Yeah, because I but wonder... It's a hard, you know, it's a hard formula to replicate. You know, you need a plot twist shock every season. But, I mean, I think as long as, you know, you have good story writers, like, yeah. it doesn't have to happen every season. No, that's true. I don't think it's a necessity Plus for the show. Plus, it may not be long enough. <clears throat> um, so this is what I was going to say. Like, I wonder sometimes, like, if Baby Yoda had been revealed previously, like, in official stuff. Like, if there were... Like, if know, this were the 90s. Yeah, Entertainment Weekly articles and... Video There's a features. new character in oh. this summer, Star Wars. Yeah. A baby Yoda. It's a baby. And producers, John Favreau, he specifies that it isn't actually Yoda, but a baby of the same species. Mm. Up next, Ben Affleck to return as Batman? <laughs> we'll see. Like that sort of thing. It makes me wonder if the initial, like... I wonder if Baby Yoda's rise to popularity could have gone differently in a bad way is what I mean. Because I can see, you know, you putting out uh, press photos or like um, visual dictionary photos of Baby yeah. Yoda and it's just a... But you don't get to see him. You don't get that surprise of seeing him at the end of that episode. You don't get to see his little ears move and like how they animated him and Mando's reaction to him and stuff. So I kind of wonder if it would have gone differently. Cause I do think the surprise helped it quite a bit because it created such a buzz and you didn't go in with any preconceived notions or pre-established opinions about baby Yoda. He just yeah. jumped out of you out at you from nowhere, you know? Yeah. 
<clears throat> so that's it's kind of interesting to think about sometimes, I guess. <clears throat> I feel like you know there's not going to be a Jedi, so the weight of the storytelling doesn't necessarily fall to the whole Jedi Sith thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can be whatever. You know, it doesn't, it can be about a kid and a, you know, a, these are still stories about characters and connections, you know. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of Jedi, while I'm not quite sure we'll see Ahsoka in the trailer, I kind of feel like that's another one of those things they might want to save. Same thing with Boba Fett. Bo-Katan, I kind of think you, we might see, you know, just because that would be the kind of neat little Easter egg, especially if her armor's similar to how it was in, like, Rebels the last time we saw her. Like, if you just have her on screen in her armor, most people will see that and be like, oh, it's another Mandalorian. But, like, the hardcores will see that and be like, holy shit, Bo-Katan. Get real fucking hyped, right? Oh, my God, yeah. <clears throat> but something I do think we could end up seeing, because it's already been revealed, is maybe some Moff Gideon and the Darksaber. That could feature in the trailer, right? No, that would be sweet because, yeah, I mean, you know, it's there. That would be awesome. Yeah. Just see him, you know, get a little clips of him ripping through something with that thing. It yeah. would be sick. Yeah, so there's, uh, I, I, you know, there's there's a lot of cool shit that we could see. And um, I'm looking forward to it, hopefully, next week. Um, Me too. So... Speaking of the Mandalorian, most of our little news tidbits sort of focus or centered around the Mandalorian this week. They seem to be doing a lot of Mandalorian-related press over the last week or so, and I'm sure that's part of the build-up to Season 2 and the release of the trailer and stuff, but also it seems to be connected to the massive amount of Emmy nominations that they got. Okay. So... Uh, there's a couple of interesting details that have come out of this. One being that Jon Favreau doesn't expect there to be any delay in the filming of season three due to fucking 2020. Then coronavirus. Okay. You know, that was kind of a question because so many productions have been shut down or yeah. delayed and stuff. So we were wondering like, you know, we got lucky and he had fin they had finished shooting season two before everything shut down. Well, what does that mean for season three? Um, and uh, Hollywood Reporter did an interview with uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau and sort of asked him about that. And this is what he had to say. The fact that the set is much more contained is a benefit because you can limit the number of people. A lot of people controlling it or doing it from what we call the brain bar remotely which is a bank of gaming computers essentially the amount of people near the camera could be much smaller than usual we also shoot a lot outside which is helpful we build to a moment in filming more like an animated production where we have a lot of storyboards a lot of discussions and scouting and virtual reality we use cinematic tools in vr much the same way we did in lion king and the jungle book a lot of the times the actors you're seeing on the screens actually aren't actually there on set. This is all stuff if we uh, that we, we know because we watched the best titled series ever, Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. Right. Or whatever the shit. Um, so, the yeah. whole title. 
he's just basically saying that um, because of the volume, that they're seemingly in a much better place to resume re- re- production safely uh, than some other uh, shows and movies and stuff that might be trying the same thing. <clears throat> so hopefully that turns out to be true and there is no delay for Mandalorian season three. It would be really nice if for once star Wars, um, fucking was on the right side of this sort of thing instead of there being some sort of shakeup, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, and then hopefully they do, you know, just have a good plan in place to keep everybody safe and, and all that kind of stuff. From what I understand, those plans are in place in Hollywood already with things resuming shooting, right? Yeah, so there is a um there's a few things that seem to be getting back to filming. Like I think that Batman movie that was in production during yeah. is is set to come start filming again in September. Uh I think The Matrix 4 is filming again, Avatar 2. So you're starting to see things slowly but surely ramp back up. And I follow this guy on Twitter. It's actually kind of a long story. He used to run like the biggest tool fan site on the internet. It was called Tool Shed. Yeah. Um, and he became like a Hollywood producer slash writer, now director. And he posted on his Twitter page, I think yesterday, that he was on the Universal lot for the first day back filming. They, he was directing something. And like he was full on masked up and face shielded up and stuff. So yeah, things are starting to get back to it. And you know, with the way the Mandalorian typically seems to fil- start filming in the fall to release, you know, the fall next year, the the following year, whatever. Yeah. It seems like they were kind of in the perfect position to where they're not losing a step. So that's pretty awesome for Star Wars for once. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> um let's see there was something else um oh in the same interview with uh the hollywood reporter they asked dave filoni uh if he has gotten any word on george lucas's reaction to the mandalorian and, and this is what filoni had to say oh boy not a tremendous amount we talk about other stuff when I talk with him, I like to get more knowledge. He'll give me some reminders, especially before I shoot something, about how many setups I should try to get in a day, and I might rack his brain for certain things about how to cover a scene. He's been very complimentary, and I think he's enjoyed the show. And he said once, now he gets to watch it as a fan and watch it as a viewer. Um, so, it's kind of, you know, that's been sort of uh, George Lucas's talking point. For the last several years, I was like, now I get to watch Star Wars as a fan. I've never been able to watch it. I kicked it off. Now, let's see what you do with it. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Like, you know, he says, I think he enjoyed the show. So that's, you know, that's a pretty, he's like, I think. But man, have you seen different sites take that quote and be like, George Lucas loves the Mandalorian. Dave Filoni talks about George Lucas's infinite praise for the Mandalorian. Yeah, because you know <laughs> it, you can tell that when Filoni talks to George, 
his, you know, he's not necessarily looking for praise. He's looking for pointers, you know, mm-hmm. knowledge, what he can, you know, what George thinks. You know, who wants his critique on absolutely everything that Star Wars? Yes, for sure. And uh, he also said something. I believe Deadline did like a, um, like maybe a live stream panel with um, the composer from The Mandalorian and John Favreau and Dave Filoni, and, and Dave Filoni said he gave the uh, the Angry Boys the one two punch of shit they didn't want to hear. Uh oh, because they were kind of talking to him about how his transition from um, animation to live action. And, you know, he just went on to say about how supportive Kathleen Kennedy has been of that. And that since he told her that it was something he was interested in, she's been very uh, hands-on with helping him, you know, get on sets and see how these Star Wars movies are made. And he specifically called out Ryan Johnson as being the most accommodating and getting him behind the camera during the filming of The Last Jedi and really help him and, uh, him along. So yeah. for the angry boys who sometimes view Dave Filoni as like the cure to everything they want to rage about when it comes to Star Wars, yeah, I'm sure that's a tough pill to swallow. He fucking called out public enemy number one and two. Love to see it. Yeah. I think that's a really smart corporate move on Kathleen Kennedy's part because, you know, you want someone who's been within the property and understands the vision, has a direct line to George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Dave Filoni is in a, was in a good place coming from Clone Wars and coming from animation. You know, I think Avatar before that. And, uh, you know, now being wanting, you know, being a live action director for a Lucasfilm, you know, that's just smart, smart corporate move. Yeah. Teaching him how to be a live action director. Well, not just, like, you know, for from, your brand, from that perspective, but the fact that he has been directly involved with se- at this point now, several beloved star Wars properties. I know. I mean, all you know of what that, I mean? like, so like for her to be like, yeah, we want to, we want to, yeah, it's a train move. you more and see more from you. Like, and it is only a matter of time before Dave Filoni gets one of two things, maybe even both, you know, depending on how long he wants to stay with the Lucasfilm side of things. There's always the chance that Dave Filoni at some point will want to move on. It doesn't seem super likely. He seems pretty stoked to be involved with Star Wars. Right. You know, even Uncle George moved on. Um, But it's only a matter of time before he gets his own show Meaning, like, not something he's doing in tandem with John Favreau, like a original live-action Dave Filoni project as a Sweet. show, or they give him a Star Wars movie. That would be cool too. It is only a matter of time before one or both of those things happen, <coughs> and I'm for that. <clears throat> like, and I think if his end goal is to direct a Star Wars movie, then like. I don't know that he he's not couldn't be doing something better to get prepared for that. Like you got to figure right working that's, your that's way what up. I'm talking about. Yeah, is is like uh, a really solid idea uh, and a really solid way to approach it. 
that's what that's what I mean by start uh, smart corporate move, like grooming mm-hmm. his growth. Yeah, because he is a character, or not a character, he's a person within Lucasfilm that has a lot of fan goodwill. Right. So the announcement of him getting his own live action <clears throat> show or movie will inevitably be met with a pretty positive response. You will have people that are like, oh, Dave Filoni. I'm not one of those. I, I've always <clears throat> been a pretty big Dave Filoni fan, even though 100% of his output hasn't been my favorite Star Wars stuff of all time. You know? Right. I'm not like a full-on everything this dude does is great, but I do enjoy no. the vast majority of it. Right. So uh, I'm all about the dude, seeing what the dude can do as he continues to sort of grow his skill set and do more within Star Wars. I completely agree. <clears throat> um, and really, buddy, that's about it for Star Wars news this week. Really? Did you uh, see we some can stuff? go through my stuff. Yeah, you said you, you said to. you had some stuff you wanted to throw my way, and I'll see. Um, I think we might have already talked about this. You mentioned this before, but the classic Star Wars games, X-Wing and TIE Fighter, mm-hmm. get a new collector's edition that they'll be able to pre-order soon. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned this. So we did talk about, I think it was, mm, it's been a little bit over a year ago. We actually had our buddy Chris Fresh on. Um when they announced these, I think they announced them at E3 last year. That's that company limited run games. And for the past year or so they have been releasing or re-releasing classic star Wars games in collector's editions and stuff. And I have been a pro cause they're limited in number. It's not like an open pre-order. They, they only do a certain, a print run of a certain amount of these games. Uh, and I have been on the ball getting them. I haven't missed one yet. And I was looking through the list the other day, and I think besides maybe one or two more games after this, this will be the last two that I need that they're releasing. So my <clears throat> journey for a complete set of uh, limited run Star Wars video game collector's editions may be over pretty soon i'll be glad when it's over because it's been a lot of uh, anxiety setting alarms and trying to get them before they get sold out oh my goodness but man those those x-wing and tie fighter sets are pretty fucking cool they look pretty cool in this picture that i saw mm-hmm. i love that for x-wing they did it in like a the um, orange and white yeah the flight suit orange box i think that's a really cool touch a good idea i actually got one in the mail this week because you order them and then it takes them a little while because um from what i understand the way their pre-orders work is you're basically paying for the production of this item so they don't really even go into production until after the pre-orders and they can take six to eight months to come in sometimes especially you know i assume batches yeah well, and also, um, with all the kind of delays due to coronavirus and stuff, that hasn't helped. Oh, yeah, I got I um, Rebel Assault on the Sega CD in the mail this week, and it's really fucking cool. That sounds tight. <clears throat> all right, what's your next thing you saw that you wanted to throw at me? 
that Lucasfilm is planning a live action project for Grand Admiral Thrawn and Ezra. Is that clickbait or is that legit? I don't quite know. You know, that's it's hard to say. Um, it seems more and more that the name of the Star Wars scoop game is oh this is what's in development for Disney Plus as far as live action you know yeah <laughs> this comes from apparently Noah Outlaw at Kessel Run Transmissions that's our buddies Noah and Corey yeah. and <clears throat> they uh they nailed the Bad Batch scoop so you know until we see otherwise it seems like they're on, they've got a pretty good track record or some pretty good sources that are uh, giving them this information I mean, that's just more work for uh, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, right? Well, you know, that's also a rumor. Is So, if I understand correctly, the three, and we talked about the other two last week, but the three rumored uh, live-action shows in development are Ahsoka, Boba Fett, and I guess Ezra and Thrawn. Um it would be kind of weird to finish up that story in live action versus animation. Uh, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I mean, it. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed to it either. You know, it's that's not it at all. It just seems odd that we have a story that, in some ways, began with the Clone Wars because of Ahsoka's whole um, involvement in the story post Rebels, like with her and Sabine going off to look for Ezra. Right. And then continued through Rebels. And then for that story to be finished up in live action, it just seems like a, an odd choice. Not much like you. I'm not hating the idea. Just maybe not odd as it is surprising. Um, but yeah. Thrawn is one of those characters. It is a matter of time before we see him in live action. Well, that's point. why I thought that because you always keep saying that. I think it's so obscure. But like, I mean, I get where you're coming from. I mean, he, you would, would... It, he would make a visually good you know, like a villain, like the villain himself would be awesome and awesome to see visually a live screen. Yeah. And the, the thing is you would think he's obscure, but in the, the grand scheme of star Wars stuff, Thrawn is not exactly obscure at this point, you know, clearly popular enough to bring back in the Canon for rebels. You know, I think they're, uh, maybe, I just you know how you use your dad as an example. He wouldn't know who the hell Admiral Thrawn was. No, and then that's that's where it's uh, it's sort of ooh, excuse them, excuse me. It's on them to establish and explain this character in a way that people like your dad or my dad are like, oh, okay, so he was an Imperial officer and he's a blue guy and he's yeah. real smart. So wears a white suit. Yeah. The, the, Looks That's, like Johnny Grasso. <laughs> I don't know that Johnny Grasso looks like Thrawn. They have that steel-cut jaw thing going on. I see. Oof. You're going to be getting some lewd messages after <laughs> describing him as having a steel-cut jaw. You better watch out. <laughs> He's going to be... All on you over that one, buddy. He's going to be like, hey. Well, that, at least it's a good segue to my next thing about mm-hmm. 
uh, hearing rumors about a Kylo Ren movie. Speaking of steel cut jaws. So this is another thing. This is one of those ones that I didn't really know about talking about. It comes from our buddies, Corey and Noah again. And the only reason I didn't know about talking about it, it's not because I don't trust them or their information. It's more that it seems a little vague and early right now what exactly yeah. is going on but from what i understand the way they reported it is that lucasfilm is interested in continuing the story of ben solo in some way they specified that they have no idea what form this would take be it a movie or tv show or animated or even what period in the timeline it would take place during the sequel trilogy, pre-sequel trilogy, or post-sequel trilogy. So that's why I kind of hesitated to bring it up is because it's just very vague and it seems like it's maybe in the earliest stages of development, you know? Yeah. Um, I personally think that it's the least likely seems to be post-sequel trilogy, because he dies, right? Right, he does die, but it's Star Wars. You know, fucking Darth Maul got chopped in half and came back with, with okay. spider legs. Fair enough. Fair you enough, know what I mean? Enough. Like Maybe Ray performed some magic spell on him right after the movie. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, it doesn't have... Who knows what it could be? There's, in you know, limitless possibilities on how There's you There's a Ben clone that Palpatine made. Or whatever, right? There's... So many possibilities of what they could do. Like, you bring up Palpatine. I mean, that dude has been put You can trace him back to anything now. <laughs> and he's just, he comes back, man. That's what he does. Yeah. There's got to be a meme where the answer is Palpatine. Like, yeah, you know, so, what, to whatever question. So, like, the, the idea that because he died in The Rise of Skywalker, to me, doesn't necessarily 100% exclude him from being used in some post episode nine story that that's just what i assumed right i assumed it would be he would be dead and that this story would be pre-episode seven like right. it would tell the the youth <laughs> to, and fall of, of ben solo to me that's the most interesting right like there were some really cool things in the rise of kylo comic with him and luke out on adventures together I would right. love to see that animated however they want to do it. That, I think, would be really cool. Uh, during the sequel trilogy, I guess you could do something, but there's so little time. The sequel trilogy takes place over such a small time frame that it's not like uh, the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy where you have you know, three years in between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back or... 10 years in between episode two or episode one and three, you don't have those significant gaps where you could tell a lot of story. So to me, I agree with you. The most likely would probably be pre the force awakens. If, if they're going to be doing more with that character and you know, the, another reason I think post episode nine would be off the table is because, I've always said they're going to return to that story eventually. Be it five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. I think the allure of continuing 
Star Wars, the you know that story of Star Wars is going to be too you know you, you can't pass it up forever. <laughs> and so, if there were going to be stories with Ben Solo post Episode Nine, if he was brought back to life, or if he is a Force ghost, or whatever the hell, uh, I think our best bet of seeing that is whenever they do Episode Ten or the equivalent thereof. You know what I mean? Yes. So I think it's probably a little while before that. And at this point, you know, most of the sequel trilogy actors, just like the prequel trilogy actors and just like the original trilogy actors, seem like they want a little bit of a break from Star Wars. You know? Yeah, that's kind of what it's feeling like. But I also don't think you can count everybody out because who would have ever thought fucking Harrison Ford would have come back? And he sure did. People need summer homes, yo. (laughs) <laughs> or extra planes, you know. Sometimes they go down on a crash, uh, a golf course, and they got to be replaced. Yeah, sometimes you crash, you crash your classic aviation machine. Um, all right, was that hot rod airplane? Was that the last of your Star Wars news polls, or you got more for me? I think that was it. I think we covered all of the uh, juicy tidbits that I saw. Cool. I'm glad I w- it wasn't anything where I was like. Wait, no, what? you knew everything. I knew you would know. I just saw someone's like, really? Is that is that legit? I will ask Cause. He will tell me. Yeah, we'll see. As far as the Ezra and Thrawn thing goes and the Ben Solo thing goes, we'll see. All right. Well, since that does it for tidbits this week, uh, we'll move on and hear from our moisture farmer buddies. Let's do it. And what they have to say. Kia D Kia D Cockhead The only Jedi master who can crash box Kia D Cockhead Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his pud Kia D Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow! Cockhead! Lou Herbert! Cockhead! Hansberger! Cockhead! Will Witten! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! K&D! Cockhead! Cockhead! Okay, first up, we have King Tom, the king of all times. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey there, Hawes and Will. This is King Tom, not globetrotting Tom in Sweden who leaves awesome uh, voicemail messages and questions. But I did, I did want to respond to the question he asked last week about what we thought the Clone Wars was. I had a lot of ideas kind of... You know, growing up listening to Star Wars, watching Star Wars, and wondering what that was myself, um, I think the most fun idea I had, because a lot of them were like, oh, clones from another part of the galaxy or whatever, the most fun idea I had was after reading Heir to the Empire, I thought maybe some bad guy had tried to clone a bunch of Jedi, but it created, like, Jedi zombies who tried to take over the galaxy, and I thought the Clone Wars was the Jedi fighting against these Jedi zombies that were clones of themselves. 
But anyway, that, 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 I just wanted to bring that up because I it thought it was a fun little flashback. So thank you, Tom, for that memory. Uh, the thing I wanted to talk about was the holiday special we're getting. Usually I do not go for Lego stuff at all. I try to avoid it. My kids love it. I don't. But this I'm looking forward to. Uh, and I think they something they said that they would, you know, get, do throwbacks to the original Star Wars holiday special, which I think is probably cool. So I wanted to ask you if there was one thing, and the animated Boba appearance cannot be your answer. I feel like I've been doing this to you a lot lately, uh, but no, the animated Boba appearance can't be the answer. If there was one thing, sorry, there's a very loud car that needs a new muffler passing by. If there was one thing that they could take from the original holiday special and incorporate back into it, whether it is a setting or, you know, using an actor's voice or anything like that. What would you want to bring back from the original holiday special? Me, I would want them to bring back, and I'm drawing a blank on her name right now, uh, B. Arthur's character. Just use her voice, make a B. Arthur minifig, and have her do a song to Ray and Chewbacca and Finn and Poe. That would be my callback to the original holiday special but I want to know what yours are. So thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast. And by the way, Will, I feel bad I haven't said this, but congratulations on the addition to the family. Uh, You know, you've talked about family sporadically, and I think you sound like you're an awesome father, so I'm very happy for you, and I'm sure you'll continue to be an awesome father. Uh, But anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later. Well, there you go. Well, thank you very much king of all times that's very kind so will what would you like to see them incorporate um from the 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 holiday special yeah uh the musical number oh or the animation the kooky psychedelic animation well he just said that we can't do that okay okay we gotta pick one yeah maybe that's just for me (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm, I mean? Like maybe that's uh, um, just like uh, something he said I couldn't pick. Just the celebration to the Wookiee planet would be cool. Like Wookiee Christmas. I'm I'm down with that. Yeah. I, 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 life day. Yeah. I, I think that seems to be like it's going to be a central theme. Um, I mean, it has to be. Akmina. I think that's her name. Akmina. Akmina. Akmina is B. Arthur's character in the holiday special. That's a pretty good pull. In fact, I think they did mention her in, or even feature her in the From a Certain Point of View book that came out a couple of years ago. Oh, that's um, cool. I, I want to see, I want them to do a throwback to the Wookiee watching the hollow porn. Oh my goodness. Yeah, when he's watching her sing the song. No, he's watching them. I think that's when he's watching them dance around, right? Oh, okay. I am not super well versed in the holiday special. I've probably only seen it, I don't know, two or three times. It's a it's a rough watch. Like surprisingly boring for Star Wars content created during like the fucking golden age of Star Wars, the original trilogy, the much hallowed. Ooh, the OT. Ooh, don't change the OT. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think that would, uh, I think that'd be funny. Granted it's, it's aimed towards kids. So probably not going to happen. Yeah, probably not. 
It was oh. funny though. I mean, I haven't. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen the Christmas special front to back. Just to be honest, um, I think the last time I watched it front to back was 2012, and I remember this because my friend Mike, who was one of my best friends in high school, had to come in town for a funeral for a friend of ours, and he stayed at our house in Birmingham. And I hadn't seen Mike since shit 2004 2005 it'd been years right and we're hanging out and talking about oh it's exciting they're bringing star wars back mike was one of my dudes to talk about star wars with in school and he and steven were probably the two dudes that were most into star wars besides me that's your boys yeah and uh so we're talking about it and then i bring up the holiday special and somehow Mike had never seen it. So I was like, well, let's watch it. So we put it on, and this is New Year's Eve. So, uh, you know, moments away, hours away from changing into 2013. <clears throat> and Mike was standing. Um, the t- it was how our living room used to be. You remember where the TV was in the corner? Like how it was when you lived here before yeah. we rearranged. <clears throat> uh, he was standing in the doorway to the living room like leaned up against the wall and started falling asleep standing up. Oh my goodness. And I was like, yep, this shit is boring. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Let's hear from Utah. Utah. Dougie. Dougie. This is Doug, down in my basement, building the dugout theater. Hey! I have a couple of electrical questions. I have some light switches that I can turn on and off with a switch on the wall. And I want to mount some lightsabers to those switches so I can turn them on and off with a flip of a switch. All of them together at once. Uh, I have it all wired to do so, but I'm wondering if you know with any of the Force FX lightsabers if they are battery powered or you can plug them in to power them or if there's anybody out there in the community that would know how to get it so the lightsabers can just turn on automatically so they don't stay on with a battery or anything like that. Anyways, uh, love the podcast. Check you later. Oh, man. So I think ultimately there's probably two people that can uh, provide you with this information better than me. Uh, and that would be Eric Struthers, lightsaber uh, craftsman extraordinaire, or our buddy Jim, who calls in, who's an electrician. Now, as far as Force FX lightsabers go, they're battery powered. Uh you know, I've got a, a handful of them, and they they all take, like, AA batteries. Um, now, is, if there's an option for, like, a, some sort of plug-in system or something, maybe. But I don't know for sure. Uh, that definitely seems like something one of those two dudes would know better than I would. Yeah, I'm kind of out of my element on that one. Um, I just assumed I would have to, like, put a hook up there you know that I 
could power battery activate the sabers, but yeah, I they'd be super cool if you could attach them to a light switch. There's absolutely got to be some way to do it. Yeah, I know there's people doing it. I just don't know what it is. I would think you would run the electrical through the wall to the hole wherever you mounted. Yeah, you would run, and then you would just have to find out how to wire the wall to the saber you know bypassing the battery and that takes more electrical know-how than i have yeah it sounds like he's got the wiring down he said he has it all wired up to do so so maybe it's just a matter of powering the sabers i don't know jim or eric if you have any input on that let us know uh help help the dugout get off the ground have some sick lighting fuck yeah All right, next up, we got a voicemail from our buddy, Corey. Hey there, dudes. It's Corey here, your Australian slash tattoo artist listener, buddy. Uh, Yeah, it's been a while since I contacted you guys. uh, As my wife and I had a little boy a couple of months ago. Hey. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, congrats to you, Will, on your new addition to the family. I hope that's going well, buddy. Yeah, so it's that and the fact that we are situated in Melbourne, Australia, which is at the moment completely locked down, as in we're only allowed outside an hour a day for the next month and potentially longer, unfortunately. Anyways, look, I am finally uh, got back to listening to your podcast, so I'm super happy about that. Uh, Halls, you had some really nice words to say about my work I sent through. Uh, thank you so much. It's super nice getting feedback like that as an artist. Like, yeah, it's really appreciated, buddy. Uh, and I remember you were asking if I had thought of acquiring a Disney license to tattoo at the next celebration. And absolutely, I have thought of that. I've thought of that for a long time. Uh, And look, I guess obviously we need to see how the rest of the year goes. Uh, Everything's up in the air, but it would, I'm absolutely looking to do that in the future. And man, if I do, uh, I would tattoo you, you both in a heartbeat if you were willing to. So, Let's uh let's keep that on the on the back burner. Also, I'm working on some new Star Wars artwork or inspired artwork rather at the moment with all this downtime. So uh, if you are keen, keep an eye on my Instagram as I'll be posting that real soon. All right, my friends, uh, take care of yourselves. I hope you're both well. Uh, may the force be with you. Take care. Thanks, buddy. Um, dude. You, Thank you on the congratulations, and congratulations to you. Yeah, and if you make it to uh, Celebration in 2022 or sometime uh, thereafter. Definitely. Bruh, I will definitely be getting a tattoo from you. Absolutely. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, he didn't leave his his Instagram profile in the voicemail, so I'll, I'll take care of that for him. You guys gotta follow him and check out these fucking Star Wars tattoos. He does other stuff besides Star Wars, obviously. But uh, it's Corey, C O 
R-E-Y dot who dot tattoos on uh, on Instagram. So check him out. Like He's in Melbourne. Yes. Yes, he is. He uh, just three hours ago posted an amazing shock T uh, tattoo he did. Under that, he's got a kick-ass Captain Phasma. Um, under that, he's got what looks like it's a kick-ass Obi-Wan in uh, in the works. So check him out. He does some really great stuff. And like <clears throat> the, the awesome thing about the Tattoo Pavilion at uh, Star Wars Celebration is it gives people the chance to get a tattoo from an artist that they normally would not be able to, you know what I'm saying? Just because of distance and stuff. So having access and they, they have some incredible people, uh, that do work at that tattoo pavilion. Uh, and like Corey completely fits the bill for the kind of person they would have. So yeah, man, you should look into that. Uh, we got a couple of years now, so um, when they open up applications for that, you should definitely check it out. Damn, he does some good stuff. I got to stop looking at it. It's making me distracted. <laughs> then I just got to think of like <clears throat> the the right tattoo. The committing to the right image, right? Right. Like that's that's always the thing. Like I've got one tattoo in mind. Uh, one Star Wars related tattoo in mind that I want to get whenever, you know, it's uh, it's a little safer. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's my my cat Walter wearing an X wing helmet. Oh, like, that's cool. That's a piece of art you have. Um, it should be. Yeah. Uh, so that's something. I want to get done, but past that, I mean, I'm sure I could think of something, but I got to think of the right thing to put Corey's talents towards. So that'll be the, the, uh, thing I'm thinking on going forward for sure. <laughs> well, I know you're not a necessarily a tattoo guy. It's not like you're like, Oh, fucking tattoos are stupid. You just don't have any. If you were to get a star Wars tattoo, star Wars related, if you decided you want one, what would it be? I mean, it would probably be some variation of the Rebel Alliance symbol. Yeah. I just, it just feels badass, you know, and I, I would probably give the artist to do his version of it, you know, but like, and I would just want the Rebel symbol. It would be cool as shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of figured that would be like, that's kind of what I had in mind, either that or like the Jedi symbol from like the prequel era. Yeah. Or the Jedi symbol. That would be cool. Uh, another, like, a, a cool thought I had would be to, on your forearms, you could put, like, a dark side saber on one and a light side saber on the other, and then have sleeves based around light side and dark side, left arm, right arm. Yeah. All right. So, next up, we got a voicemail from Jim, who we were just talking about. Let's see what he has to say. Watch him be like, this is how you wire up a lightsaber. Will. I wanted to talk to you guys tonight about The Last Jedi a little bit. Um, people always say that it's so different than all the other Star Wars, but I don't really agree. Um, it was well made, and the 
you know, the big surprise was Snoke being cut in half and, you know, Luke's demeanor was surprising. But to me, uh, if you watch, uh, to me, it seems like Ryan Johnson, when he watched Return of the Jedi, he saw Luke uh, when they're in that scene uh, with the Emperor and Darth and Luke grabs that lightsaber. He forces it into his hand, ignites it, takes the swing and Darth blocks him. Well, to me, to a lot of people, when they saw that, they're like, why didn't he just turn it on and turn it sideways? You know, I'm positive tons of us, probably everybody that can hear this, has thought of that back in the day. Um, and I think Ryan Johnson just wanted to see it happen. And then we saw what it'd be like if The Apprentice, you know, Darth Vader or Kylo Ren, tried to sway the light side character, Luke or Rey. Um but to me, it's the movie is not that different. And you know what? I I want to give so the alternate the sideline plot where Finn and Rose the Finn and Rose go on. People give it a hard time about nothing happened or it did it for no they did it for no reason. Um, apart from the broom boy who can most likely show up one day and has a cool like when some dude shows up with that ring and and has a lightsaber where everybody is going to love it. But other than that, I mean, they killed by Finn, by Poe not listening. They killed so much of the rebels. I mean, when those ships start getting fired on, it is like 15, 18 transports, you know, with who knows how many people. So it was, it was, there was a good reason for it, for killing the rebellion. Um, and it's not a positive side mission, it failed, but I just, I guess that's different. But what do you guys notice? What what sticks out to you that it's like, this is a different level as far as Star Wars movies? But uh, all right, guys, thanks. Ignite the Green. So I think there's a lot of reasons people view it as a different Star Wars movie, like different, you know, quote unquote. To me, it feels like Star Wars. And I know there's still a lot of people mad about it. And I know... People have stopped listening to the show because we like The Last Jedi and we like The Rise of Skywalker. It's all right. We're shills. We like everything Star Wars, etc., etc. Whatever. It is what it is, right? Yeah. But I think part of the reason that it feels different is, and Jim kind of hit on it, is like not with just Star Wars, but with a lot of adventure movies or fantasy movies. It seems like ultimately the hero's big plan works. You know what I mean? In your typical Star Wars movie, that group would have infiltrated Snoke's flagship and disabled the hyperspace tracking. You know what I mean? Right. That is one way that sort of The Last Jedi seemingly flips the formula on its head. And I'd say another big one is... And this was a big expectation of mine post The Force Awakens going into The Last Jedi is you expect Luke to accept the sort of Yoda Obi-Wan role and train Rey without any, you know, huge resistance. You kind of yeah, wonder if he's going to gonna be, be kind and welcoming and Yoda-like, yeah. you know. Yeah, like Yoda post the conversation with Ghost Obi-Wan in his hut. Because, you know, at first Yoda's like, no, man, I'm not going to train this dude. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but personally, got to say this, 
lest I get fucking hung up and my head put in a basket full of bees. Um, I like the approach they did with Luke. It, it made a lot of sense given it is more interesting and I'll, I'll take that to the grave. Yeah. It's, it's more interesting yeah. than good guy Luke. Mm-hmm. And I know that I want that. Like I, that it's, it's 13 year old me watching return of the Jedi wanting to see, you know, grand Jedi master Luke, you know, you get it, you get it at the end at that boss fight. I mean, they give it to you, you know, like, but that's the thing. He is good guy. Luke, he still yeah, is, but you're we're dealing just seeing with a Luke who is broken, is, is broken, is dealing with a lot of guilt. And I think that's an interesting way to take that character. That's what I say. It's way more interesting than just serving you up some fan service. Had I not gotten Luke in the battle of crate at the end, if I had not gotten to see heroic Luke Skywalker show up right. to face off against the first order, I would have been disappointed. My, my feelings about that whole thing would have been wildly different. I imagine, right. but I got it. I got what I wanted. And, you know, I think, I think what a lot of people wanted was a sequel trilogy that got made 10 to 15 years after, uh, Return of the Jedi, not 30 years. It's been way too long for that. Right. A lot of people wanted our favorites, Luke, Han, Leia, Lando, etc., 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 to be the sole main focus of these movies. And partially because how Star Wars operates, where it's a passing of the torch, especially if you watch it chronologically, that wasn't going to happen. And secondly, it's been 30 years. Like... We're not going to see Mark Hamill fighting Revenge of the Sith style. We're not going to see Mark Hamill fighting Return of the Jedi style. He's an older guy. You have to compensate for that. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Yeah. And the offing of Snoke, that flips it on its head. Like, you know, you, you expect Snoke to assume the Palpatine role, mm-hmm. and he's the big bad you'll deal with in the third movie. That's a good point. That's also another way that it's it's different and it's sort of surprising. Now, would I have loved uh, a sequel trilogy that took place in between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy where we got, you know, younger Han, Luke, and Leia post-Return of the Jedi on some sort of adventure and then, you know, episode 10, 11, and 12 is the three movies we got? Yeah. Fuck yeah, I would have been all about that. But unfortunately, that's not how it shook out. No, you know, that's not what happened. George Lucas took 17 years to get the prequel trilogies going. And then, you know, another almost 10 years before the first of the sequel trilogy came out. So right, <clears throat> that's just unfortunately how it went. All right. We got one more email and then we will call it a night. This is from Jimmy Dice. He's from the Scruffy Looking Podcasters. Hey, Halls and Will, Jimmy Dice here with the Scruffy Looking Podcasters. Hope you guys are well, and congratulations, Will, on your newest youngling. Thank you, thank you. With respect to Carlo's question about Battlestar Galactica from Blue Harvest Episode 264, he's talking about the BSG reboot that happened in the early 2000s, and it was absolutely amazing and helped make our gal Katie Sackoff really popular before being cast for the voice role of Bo-Katan. Anyway, the episode Carlo is talking about is the first episode in Season 1 of Battlestar Galactica, 
But before that episode, Sci-Fi released a 180-minute miniseries pilot which set the whole series up. Highly recommend watching the miniseries as it is the perfect jump into the Battlestar world. There we go. There's the answer we were looking for Carlo last week. I knew something would come through. The real reason I'm emailing. We boys over at Scruffy Podcasters are so pumped and excited about X-Wing Squadrons coming in October. I'm an old veteran of X-Wing versus TIE Fighter games and seeing that there's a strong emphasis on team play with X-Wing Squadrons, what do you think about a Star Wars podcast X-Wing Squadrons League? The idea in my head is based on folks from different podcasts putting a squad together, then stream some matches on Twitch. We just kicked off our Scruffy Podcast Twitch account, and I think it would be a lot of fun to have a Blue Harvest Squad versus Scruffy Squad matchup one night, or some guys yeah. from the Bad Motivators and the Sith List matching up another night, etc. It could be a fun way to take a new Star Wars game to another level socially and help reinforce our community at the same time by having so many folks involved. <coughs> Thanks for being awesome and good dudes. Cheers, Jimmy Dice. I think that's a wonderful idea. Thank you, Jimmy Dice. That's an excellent idea. Yeah, I could see us getting into something like that. The only issue that I could foresee being an issue um, is the limited amount of people they can play. You know, you can yeah. only do five per side. So we might have to cycle some folks in and out occasionally. You create a bracket. You have a team create yeah, a bracket. I mean, you, know. you know, it's it's all scheduling and stuff, but I don't see why we couldn't make that happen occasionally. Uh, and I think it could be fun. Get everybody, you know, running on their Twitch channel. So if you want to check out the Blue Blue Harvest Squadron, you pop over to mine. You want to check out the Scruffy guys, pop over to theirs, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's uh, I think it could be a real fun time. Could be. Could be. All right, guys. Well, that does it for this week. Uh, maybe next week we'll be talking about a Mando trailer. I sure wish it was this week, but I'll take next week. Yeah, it's okay. You know. It's okay. It is what it is. Woo 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 so guys, we'll catch you then. Thanks for recording with me this week, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you for having me on. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out, and uh, we really appreciate it. And if you enjoy our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And until next week, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Hans Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.